Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. You are now listening to the Half a Bird Sports Show. Yo, welcome to the Half a Bird Sports Show. You have so many options for high-flying entertainment, yet you chose to ride with us, and we appreciate that. Your host, Jimmy, along with myself, Jay, bringing you the sports opinions you need to adopt immediately. Check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are downloaded or listened to. So, hey, Jimmy, what's on today's school lunch menu? <laughs> Tom Brady in the Pats looking old now. College playoffs, we got the Final Four now. Can the Cowboys win the division now? But if they can't be the Rams or the Eagles, how? The 49ers and the Saints had a shootout. Jay thinks that the Rockets got screwed now. I think that the Sooners are screwed now. And Steven Strasburg, the Nat, got paid now. Flame flames. What they go. I hate you. Oh, thank you for joining us here on the Half a Bird Sports Show. Myself and Jimmy. What's up? Doing what we do best, talking at the sides of our next. Of course, we got a loaded show. Rate us and review us. Give us five stars. You believe we don't deserve five? Give us five anyway. Give it. Uh, Jimmy, how was your weekend? Good stuff? Good oh, stuff? No, no, no. Weekend was pretty terrible. Outside of my wow. Outside of my Niners being a really good team, uh, I went out with some friends on Friday night, ate way too much. Uh, I went out uh, by myself during the day, ate way too much. And I got with the family yesterday uh, during the day, ate way too much. So I'm about uh, 15 pounds heavier than I was on Thursday. But I think I'm going to be all right. Wait, you went out with friends on Friday night and I didn't get an invite? Uh, not those kind. They're church friends. And you have friends? Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's funny. No, my weekend was pretty solid. Blue game, stayed busy or whatnot. And it was pretty awesome on Sunday watching a lot of NFL before going to work my game. And I was trying to get a better understanding. So, you know, your, your solo show had to address this really quick. Yes. You talked about the San Francisco analyst or announcer yes, or whatever. And I got he the is. name wrong. Yes. Yes. That, um, Talked about Lamar Jackson and his dark skin and yes. the dark ball and how it was really hard to even keep up with him. So I'm not sure if Lamar was trolling this weekend stop, or if this stop, was stop, bot. Stop, stop, Just let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. Okay. okay. <laughs> you're going we'll to, stop there. You're going into my final thought. That's not fair because I had not- this as my opening thought. Well, damn it. Go ahead. All right, fine. Because I wanted to say I didn't know if he was trolling or not. Well, you know, I'll give you the final <laughs> thought. No, no, I want you to take it. You want me to take it's it? This is season of giving, yes. I'll, okay, I'll do it live. I'll come up with something else, and you go right ahead. Perfect. So I wanted to. I, was trying, I didn't know if he was trolling or not, but <laughs> he did pull out the white jersey mm-hmm. with the white sleeves and the white glove. So as the Bills was faked out consistently, they realized that the Ravens have a – white sleeve player looked like Lamar Jackson and a dark sleeve player that looks like Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
<laughs> Can I tell you what I think about that though? <laughs> um, you know, whether that was a coincidence or him making a comment, I think it's him making a comment. I think that what Lamar Jackson does is he takes very quick jabs at you, and that's it. Just like he said, not bad for a running back. Yep. In very first, in the very first game, and then he moved on from it, and that's good because you have Baker Mayfield who can't stop talking. You have <laughs> Kyler Murray who never ever talks. You have Dak who talks like a CEO, and now you have Lamar Jackson who's really not much of a talker. He's more of a doer. He just gives you a few words or in this sense a short gesture and that's it so I think it fits in in terms of you know uh, the multiplicity of ways of communicating that these young quarterbacks have I can see that and like you it. have Captain Cliche with Russell Wilson and you have the, <laughs> right. the the detailed assassin Deshaun Watson who tells you everything he's going to do before he does it to you <laughs> uh, and how he broke you down to do it uh-huh. uh, so yeah you yeah it's, it, I can see all the personalities so the you say Deshaun maybe overshares oh always maybe yeah, he's the he's that over he's that aunt that overshares way too much about what's going on in their personal life. Uncle and aunt, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. You know, special mushroom. Like that's what we did last night. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's open it up with what's the most important thing and the thing on the docket that I don't like always opening the docket up with. What we have to open the docket up with Patriots and Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Chiefs went out there and took care of business. What was it, twenty four to twenty three to sixteen? Yes, it was. 2016, Patrick Mahomes looked like him old self, even though Mahomes got hurt a little bit, a little banged up. But Tom Brady did not look like himself. So, Jimmy, do you think that the Patriots are now in trouble? I don't think they're in trouble yet. I think they're almost out of moves. And I say that because they were resorting to some trickery in this game. And what that tells me is that uh, a traditional game plan isn't going to work. Like our players are better than yours. Our schemes, our playbook are better. To have, to have to resort to that, and this is the second week in a row that they've tried to do that, tells me that they're almost out of moves. But no, because currently they're still number two in the AFC, which still guarantees them a first-round bye. They have the same record as the Bills, who they beat, which is why they have the tiebreaker in that division. But they're going to have to play them again uh, in a couple of weeks. Yep. And this is probably going to be a better Bills team than they played the first time. So until they lose that game and have to go on the road throughout the playoffs, I won't say that they're in trouble, but they're getting very, very close because they're out of moves, almost out of moves. The Patriots, though, I can't ever count them out because of just their history. Historically, they do have a tendency of having up and down portions of their season. It's typically in September and not December, mm-hmm. but right now, they look like a team that's slowly fading away. Tom Brady had 125 passing yards going into the fourth quarter. 125 yards passing going into fourth quarter. I didn't know if y'all heard me the first time. And the only reason why I knew that is because he's my fantasy quarterback. And I watched the <laughs> stats live as he was killing me, in which I just got eliminated from my paid league. I was the former champ last year. Yep. Now I'm gone. But that was the problem that I see with what Tom Brady is doing is that he's just not getting it there. And I'm not sure if it's just him, if it's the wide receiver corpse, is it the play calling? I'm not sure. But Tom Brady's not looking like himself. And the only reason why I'm throwing it out there like that is because the one thing that we've always credited Tom Brady with doing is winning with less. Mm -hmm. He's got less, but he ain't really – he's winning but not the way – we're used to, and two straight losses to me is a little bit of concern, but I can't ever rule them out because it is the Patriots. What I think even concerns me more 
than their woes on offense is their somewhat woes on defense in the sense of this was not classic Patrick Mahomes. By Patrick Mahomes' standards, this was a C game. He didn't eclipse 300 yards. He had one touchdown, one interception. He hurt his hand. And what quarter was that? Uh, I think that was the third or third second quarter. or third. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he had to play a significant portion of the game with an injured hand that they downplayed. And this Kansas City Chiefs team couldn't run the ball. They nope. averaged 2.6 yards a carry. So this Chiefs playing sort of a non-Chiefs game on offense – and still being able to do enough to beat the Patriots at home where they had won 21 straight, to me, is even more alarming than what we're seeing from this Patriots team on offense. We'll see. Well, so you're saying it's more alarming on the offensive side? Well, the offensive side it probably is more alarming, but the defensive side is almost as alarming, given that it took a subpar performance by the Chiefs, and they still beat them by a touchdown, which well, does not happen. Well, on that – that, to me, is an indictment on the Patriots' offense. If the defense is able to hold them to a bad game, why didn't the offense capitalize on that opportunity? Because that's the one thing you can't typically do is, yeah. with the Chiefs, they can usually score points like the Golden State Warriors. So everyone was calling them for like a year mm-hmm. because of how fast they can score, how fast their players were, and how they can go from being down 14 to being up 28 within a matter of two uh, of a quarter and a half. The Patriots' offense couldn't capitalize at all. Like I said, Tom Brady only had, and I will keep emphasizing this, 125 yards passing in the, going into the fourth quarter. He finished the game at like 160. This was an atrocious offensive game by him. The running game couldn't figure it out. This is truly an indictment on them more to me more so than it is on the defense. So, okay. Well, we had another loss, even though this came like right around your solo show, and I'm surprised you didn't just pause it mid-show and say, you know what, i got to start this over <laughs> just so that I can talk about this. I thought about it. But I guess we can go into it now. The Dallas Cowboys losing to the Chicago Bears in Chicago. What was that, 31 to? 24. 31 to 24. So basically a touchdown, which the game was not as close as the score indicated. No. It was basically a blowout the entire time. So, Jimmy, your thoughts on the Cowboys. Are they done? It's over. It's over for them. And I go back to what I said at the beginning of the season where I said, sorry, Cowboys fans, but your team is not going to make the playoffs. And for a while there, that looked like a bad prediction. But right now, it looks like it's spot on because this Cowboys team is currently 6-7. and seven. And with the way they've been playing on a three-game losing streak, right? Yep. You have the Rams next who seem to have figured it out and become the Rams. So you're not going to beat them even though you're playing them at home. And then after that, you're going to have a grudge match in Philadelphia against the Eagles, essentially for the division. And I don't have any faith in this Cowboys team that they can beat either one of those teams or against the Rams. I'm not even sure they're even going to be in that game. It's going to look much like the Bills game and this Bears game. So it is definitely over for them. Um, I don't know what the effects will be in terms of the roster and in terms of Jason Garrett, which is what everybody seems to talk about. But the only significant move that the Cowboys have made since that crushing loss to the Bears where they made Mitchell Trubisky look like Lamar Jackson is they let their kicker go. So I guess that'll fix things. Uh, That typically does solve things is by getting rid of the kicker and bringing somebody else in that can't kick. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that the Cowboys are done. They're going to make the playoffs. They'll be eight and eight. The Eagles are going to finish up the season at seven and nine. Mm. That's going to be the saving grace for them. Or actually, they may even finish eight and eight as well. But the but the two wins that the Cowboys will have over the Eagles will be the only reason why they win the division. Mm. I don't see the Eagles even winning the game against the Giants. 
mainly because Eli Manning is the starter. And it's one of those situations like Andy Dalton when he came out and started two week, last week yeah. and just came out of nowhere and dominated. I feel like this is going to be another situation for the Eagles where they're going to have a quarterback that's been rested the entire season. Go out there. He's going to throw the pill around. He's going to get them another dub. The Eagles are going to fall back to the point of when they finish the season 8-8 eight and because eight, they'll win the second matchup. The Cowboys will still be in a good place. So I see them finishing two and one see, in the season. You know, I could feel I could feel good about what you're saying about Eli Manning tonight taking on the Eagles if it wasn't a divisional opponent who knows them very, very well. If this was the Bills or the Colts or the Texans or something like that, perhaps. And I think he's actually going to have a good game. But I think I think the spread was minus nine yep. for the Eagles. I think the Giants are definitely going to cover that spread, but I don't think that they're going to have enough to, in order to beat this team. Well, I don't trust the Eagles either. That's kind of one of the yep. things about me, too, is I don't trust them, and I don't trust them as far as I can throw mm-hmm. them either. See, we're going to find out because last week it seems like they sort of turned that corner and refound their identity just like the Rams did because they had a good offensive game, albeit against the Miami Dolphins. So if they do that exact same thing tonight, then they may have you know tapped back into what made them the Philadelphia Eagles that could make a Super Bowl run. They're not going to do that this year, but still, they're going to be better. And, again, that just – provides more hell for the Cowboys moving forward if they have to play a Philadelphia Eagles team who has re-become the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, health-wise, the Eagles aren't as healthy as we're, as they need to be to me to make this deep of a run. Carson Wentz is looking like he's kind of wincing as he plays through the game. Uh-huh. Uh, the receiver corps can't either catch or be on the field at the same time. It, it seems to be either you can't catch or you're hurt. Mm-hmm. It's one of those two. The running game is up and down. Now, Jay Ajayi may start producing well, something, but Jay Ajayi is also coming off of a knee injury that we don't know how fully, how healthy enough he is in order to be productive, especially losing Sproles. And then Sanders, of course, is putting in work, but Sanders isn't an every down back. That's where you run into most of your issues. So okay. we can see where they go. Uh, other things we like to go to here on the Half a Burst Sports Show is the news. And now, Jimmy has the news. Thank you, Wendy. Some of you may or may not be aware that that there was a big-time heavyweight championship fight this Saturday that I I did watch during the day. Andy Ruiz Jr.'s rematch versus Anthony Joshua, whom he defeated several months prior. Uh, The rematch was Saturday in Saudi Arabia uh, by, and let's see here, Anthony Joshua won by unanimous decision. And going into this fight at the weigh-in, now we know Andy Ruiz is a big guy, came in at 283 pounds, much heavier than the last fight, if you can believe it or not. And he cites partying and celebrating for that reason. Uh, He lost this fight, was out of shape, had no juice in this fight. Have we seen the last of Andy Ruiz Jr.? Oh, yeah, he's done. He was kind of that, like, (laughs) he was that that fun story of a guy that comes out of nowhere and wins. Yeah. But now reality has set in. And this is the reality. He's not going to do anything else. Yeah. And you know what? Anthony Joshua, he looked uninspired in that fight as well. So I think we may have kind of seen the last of him. He'll still have fights and win those fights. But in terms of taking on the Tyson Furies and the Deontay Wilders of the world, if he cares about his health, he will not step in the ring with him because they will destroy him if he fights the way he fought in this fight. Up next, your boy Steven Strasburg of the world champion Washington Nationals cashed in today with a $245 million deal with the Washington Nationals over a seven-year period. 
Uh, Jay, what are the chances that Strasburg becomes the Joe Flacco of Major League Baseball in terms of having a magical postseason, winning a championship, cashing in, and then cashing out with more mediocre play? You mean falling off the face of the earth? I can expect it. Now, I, I was kind of critical when I saw this contract because after him having Tommy John surgery and everything, I was a little questionable about keeping a pitcher yeah. like that. But they did win a World Series with him on that arm. So I guess I guess it's worth it because they did win a championship. And over those seven years, they can say we did win one championship. And I guess they're good for it, too, because all the money that they didn't pay, pay Bryce Harper, they can now pay it him. Paid but, off. I, but I think ultimately it's going to be a mistake. All right, so we all have right. a return tonight. Uh, your boy, Commissioner Gordon Hayward, is going to return for the Boston Celtics tonight versus the Cavaliers, which is a team that you want to return against. So now with the combination of Kimball Walker, Gordon Hayward, and the seasons that Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown have been having, they're currently 16-5, and five, number two in the West. Do you agree with me now that the Celtics are going to finish in the top two in the East? No. I don't expect them to finish in the top two. Um, I like – actually, you know what? I'm going to pull back. I'm going to agree with you. The Celtics will finish in the top two only yeah. because – I don't know of anybody else in the East outside of the Bucks that looks like they want the number two spot. 76ers look blase. My heater out there putting in work like I tried to told y'all, uh, but I don't see them moving up that high. So I'll give the Celtics the number two spot right behind the Bucks. I can do that. Yeah, they probably won't catch number one because the Bucks are too motivated, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we got time for one more? We got one for one more. All right, bonus story. Baker Mayfield, after Cleveland's 27-19 victory over the Bengals on Sunday, he was asked about the way that Odell Beckham Jr.'s uh, now sports hernia groin-related injury has been handled that he's been struggling with throughout the season. And Baker, in a very calm fashion, said that I say that it wasn't handled right. He's not able to run as well as he should be able to, as well as he knows, and that's frustrating for him. You can sense some of his frustration where that comes from. It wasn't handled the right way in our training room. It is what it is. He's not 100%. Uh, his, 100, his not 100% is still good enough for us. All right, so he was heavily criticized for making these comments about the training staff and so forth. Um, do you think that he was just being honest, or do you think that he was actually going after the training staff for the FIFA Browns? He was doing both. He was going after them, being honest, and all of that, yeah. When I first heard the story, I was like, oh, God, here it goes Baker again. But when I when I listened to the, the tone of how he said it in the tempo, which communicates a lot, I don't think he was going after them. Should he have not said this? Probably, because you don't want to talk well, about injuries or training staff. That's the problem with Baker Mayfield. But, a lot of stuff he shouldn't say. But the question was, was he going after them? I don't think he was going after them in this way. There wasn't any vitriol in what he was saying. Okay. Is that it? It's new. You know, as always, Jimmy with the because news. it's Baker, thank you, Bob, then it's going to be interpreted as criticism. Oh, yeah. The only way you can interpret anything that Baker Mayfield does is to say that he's criticizing everybody under the world, under the sun, because that's just who we are. So, <laughs> uh, college football playoffs. We yes. had some great games over the weekend. So, I spent most of my weekend doing watching, um, watching OU Baylor, Wisconsin, and uh, Ohio State. I didn't watch any of the Clemson game, but I did watch LSU Georgia. And so it was an awesome weekend, and now we have the college football playoff set. Mm-hmm. Not too long ago was an announcement for the Heisman Trophy finalists. So, Jimmy, you did your Heisman watch on Thursday. Yes, I did. During your solo weekend show, there are four finalists. Okay. Instead of the three that you predicted, mm-hmm. who do you think is the are the four people? I'm going to say it is Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, 
and Chase Young. Correct. Woo! Good job. Four for four. Yeah. Chase Young was added to the list. So it's going to be Chase Young will be the first defensive player to be nominated in a few years. Probably since Dominic and Sue. Yes, yeah, since Sue in 09. Um, he joined Sue, uh, uh, Warren Sapp, and Steve Entman. And he's also the first Big Ten player to be nominated from the defensive side since Got You Know. Say that again. He's the first defensive. He's the first defensive player from the Big Ten to be nominated since uh, Charles Woodson. There you go. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah. Well, I guess Nebraska. No, Nebraska wasn't Big Ten at that point. Oh nine. Probably 10 years not. Ago. No, not yet. No. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, Charles Woodson. Charles okay. Woodson when he won the actual Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. So pretty good. Very impressive. Um, I think that that is the good group. Uh, you're predicting Joe Burrow to win it. Statistically, Absolutely. I think that Jalen Hurts deserves it because his numbers are better. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I think Burrow's going to get it is because they are undefeated, which yeah. I agree with. He, they're I mean, undefeated. Out of, out of, the out-of-nowhere player is always going to capture the narrative over the player that you know because we saw Jalen Hurts uh, perform well in spots at Alabama. So we knew yes. who he was. And, again, how I would give that Heisman update on Jalen Hurts is I said I think – him being at quarterback, you is going to had started to work against him in yeah. the sense of people believing it's more about the OU system than the actual quarterback, and him being docked some votes for that reason, as opposed to Joe Burrow entering the season as a two hundred to one dog to win the Heisman. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. And then this is awesome that we've seen three transfer quarterbacks. Yes. Uh, so the transfer portal is working, and it's working very well. Uh-huh. We've got three guys that transferred, and now they're all um, up there with Joe Burrow playing three years at Ohio. I didn't realize he was there for three years and could not beat out any of those dudes. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is either an indictment of him or an indictment of Urban Meyer. I don't know. But he couldn't st- get past any of those guys. Hurts with transfer from Alabama and then Fields transfer from Georgia to Ohio State, which I think that Georgia misses Fields at this current moment. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and then Chase Young. So, Jimmy, the playoffs are set. We have number one seeded LSU taking on number four seed Oklahoma. And then number two seed Ohio State taking on number three seed Clemson. Do you think they got it right? Absolutely they got it right. Um. It doesn't matter to me the order of the teams. Really, even the teams in general don't matter to me as long as they are interesting, entertaining, and they have stars. And when I looked at, let's say, the top 10, the top 12, in terms of teams who could have also been in this, had had things broken a certain way, those were all teams that did not need to be in this because I see this as them trying to construct the perfect television show. And that's exactly what they've done because let's say you take out Oklahoma and you include either of these teams, then the show itself would be unwatchable, at least especially that game. So you have Georgia. Nobody knows who's on Georgia besides Jake Fromm. They can't be in this game. Baylor, nobody knows him. Can't be in this game. Wisconsin, they're boring. Can't be in this game. Florida, they're on their fourth quarterback. Can't be in this game. Penn State, can't be in this game. (laughs) So it was a bunch of teams behind Oklahoma who could not end up in this game. So I think that this ended up perfectly for the college football playoff committee, and I think their job was much easier than they want to let on to be. So regardless of where they're ranked in the top four, they definitely got the top four teams, and this could easily be one of the highest-rated college football playoff games since they've been doing this, since, you know, 2012, 2011. I I can agree with that. A deliberation for eight hours is not something that they did for this at all. Right. This is one of those situations. I think there was more challenge for them going five down through 25 than it was one through four. One through four was set in stone the minute 
that Oklahoma finished off Baylor and Georgia lost their game to LSU in the fashion that they lost. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can vote any other direction. I'm actually quite surprised that Georgia didn't fall any further than what they did. Um, They dropped to five, Oregon six, Baylor seven, Wisconsin eight, Florida nine, and then Penn State is 10 with Utah dropping all the way down six spots to 11. Mm -hmm. That was weird. And Oregon moving up seven spots to six you would have thought that there would have been a bigger drop for Georgia, but I'm guessing because he lost the number one team in the country at yes. the current, at, well, the number two at the time, it didn't uh, change. I think the one thing that I would have changed that they did, and I felt like was a little, something that we should have taken in consideration, they should have taken in consideration when they did this, as well as us, is I don't know if I would have put Ohio, uh, Louisville, LSU, I'm sorry, LSU as number one over Ohio State. That's what I was going to ask you about. Uh, that, that piece, go ahead. What was your yeah. question? Well, just in the sense of, Okay, given that LSU has beat, what, five teams in the top ten, I get it. But going into this past weekend, LSU was two, Ohio State was one, right? Yes. So Ohio State has to come back in the second half, look like Ohio State, and beat Wisconsin, who was eight at the time, right? Versus number four, Georgia, who was really number four in name only. Yeah. They were easily handled by number two, LSU. So I don't – to me, the win against Georgia would not have been enough for me to put LSU ahead of Ohio State in that number one spot. So I was wondering if you think the same thing or if you were perfectly I – mean, ultimately, I'm fine with that, but are you okay with them putting Ohio State at two? I'm very much okay with them putting Ohio with, – with them doing it, but uh, – well, I put like this. I'm fine with the way that it's ended, but – thinking about it thoroughly, mm-hmm. I would not have moved Ohio State out of number one. I think I know why, and I'll, and I'll explain in a second, but the big thing that I saw from the decision of moving Ohio State and LSU down, I felt like it was pretty disrespectful to Ohio State by doing that. Yes, they had to come from behind from Wisconsin. But we also have to remember they blew out Wisconsin earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. They replayed them a second time. So they had film from this season, players from this season, mm-hmm. information from this season in comparison to having a year-by-year comparison. Ohio State should have gotten the benefit of the doubt of the fact they had to replay a team that they blew out earlier in the year that was already highly ranked. You know what? I think I just, without knowing it, betrayed my own perspective. Because, again, if I see this through the lens of a television show – Ohio State playing OU, I believe they would have destroyed them. LSU playing OU honestly gives OU a bit of a better chance because you can get into a shootout with them and take your chances that way. But top to bottom, Ohio State, much better team than OU. So now this sets up as a better television show. And I was going to say, that's the reason why I think they made the switch is they feel like that LSU playing Oklahoma will be a lot better. And this is the reason why. A lot of people didn't know this. And a lot of people I've talked to today about this is believing that, oh, Oklahoma's going to get destroyed by LSU. Mm-mm. Don't 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 get it too twisted. LSU and Oklahoma are ranked number one and two in, in college football in yards per game and yards total. Oklahoma averages eight yards per play, where LSU only averaged 7.79. Defensively, who do you think is ranked higher, LSU or Oklahoma? Oklahoma. Oklahoma is ranked higher than LSU defensively. Going up in – a conference where everybody plays nothing but offense and not a lick of defense. Oklahoma is ranked 24th in defense in total yards, 330 a game, 5.29 yards per play, where LSU is at 341, but they only giving up a 5.404 yards per play. So statistically, they are roughly right around the same as each other, and Oklahoma played an additional game. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm not saying this as addressing the OU fan and you, but you sound like you believe OU can beat this team. Yes, I do. I do believe OU can beat this team. That's the reason why I'm not writing them off. Mm-hmm. OU's defense has been a lot better than we, what we want to predict. They've been a, they played a hell of a better uh, setup against a team like Baylor, who is really good offensively, and they've shown offensively that they're a really good team. 
OU is not a slouch as they've been the last couple of years. I put it to you like this. If OU had Grinch the last couple of years, one of those years, either with Baker, most likely with Baker, or even with Kyler Murray, they possibly would have won a national championship. They were set, They have been set up in the best way possible. Texas is ranked 15th in the nation. Or, uh, they, and, and, and OU was able to hold a lot of these teams down as far as offensively. I just feel like as far as show goes, OU LSU is going to be way more exciting because it's the number one and the two number two offenses mm-hmm. in the country. And let's see, and one last thing too, I got to give it up to myself. After OU lost to Kansas State and we came on to the show, what did I tell OU fans? I said, "Don't worry about yep. it. This always happens. Relax, relax. They're going <laughs> to win out. The teams in front of them are going to drop like flies, I and they're going to be right back in the playoff. Because exactly, they have to be. Exactly, that's that's the team you want to. And then we knew Utah was going to uh, end up getting Ugh. destroyed by Oregon even and, in that game. Yeah, I don't even know why they even played the game. They probably shouldn't even showed up. But it's going to be a really good one. Oklahoma right now is a nine and a half point dog. Well, actually, I think it's up to almost eleven now. Taking it as a dog, and then Clemson is a two and a half point favorite over Ohio State, which tells me. Clemson's we had a win conversation that about that game. What's your thoughts on that one before we wrap oh, Clemson's up? Clemson's going to win that game. Like uh, The conversation that we had is I said that Clemson has been hiding portions of their playbook in order to give teams less, less film in mm-hmm. terms of what they can actually do because Trevor Lawrence was like one of the greatest college quarterbacks last year, and this year he looked good but kind of pedestrian, pedestrian, and they've been saving him. These last couple of games, he's been more like the Trevor Lawrence of last year. So they knew that in that conference and them having a bit of a weaker schedule, they weren't going to have to open up portions of the playbook in order to beat those teams. Now they are. Now they're going to beat Ohio State. See, the bad part about that is, is that Clemson could have cost themselves an opportunity at the college football playoff right. by not go- going going hard in the paint, as the kids nowadays say. Because if you truly think about it, if they would have lost that game to North Carolina, we would it, it would be a completely different conversation right now. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't even be talking about them. We'd probably be talking about Georgia or even Oregon jumping up into yeah. the college football playoff uh, because of that. But I don't mm-hmm. I don't think that that speculation matters. I do believe that Clemson blows out Ohio State as much as I like Ohio State and Chase Young. I'm not going that far. I see Clemson destroying them. They are the former (laughs) national champions, and I do think that they're going to end up going out there with the playbook that we're not going to be prepared for. And and, and Fields was a little hurt last game. He may be – I think it was like a a, a sprain of his knee or something. Now, Mm -hmm. I think he'll be fine within three weeks of this game, but at the same time, he's going to be chased by some big boys at Clemson, so Mm -hmm. I'm not going to hold my breath that he's going to be able to handle that very well so all right well we do this every week uh every monday it's our seven dollar challenge jimmy's doing something a little different this time i surely he's gonna be bringing us a double a a diversity double whammy (laughs) double up what seven dollar challenge (laughs) jimmy's got questions which let me ask you this though because you know how how it comes to jay's got answers yeah that was terrible yeah it's the seven dollar challenge every time all right, Jay. Okay, so in preparation for an NBA discussion that we're going to have a little bit later on, um, I found some interesting uh, facts thus far about the season. We're about a quarter of the way through in the NBA, so I was wanting to see just how well you've been keeping up with some of the stranger things that have been happening in the NBA. So I'm going to give you a, a question and three options, and you have to choose the correct one. You ready? Let's go. All right. Who is currently the seventh seed in the Western Conference? Is it the Spurs, the Thunder, or the Blazers? The Thunder. Correct. With a record of 10 and 12. Yeah, I know, right? Further and further away from a top five pick. All right. Number two. Who is number three in the Western Conference? Is it the Rockets, the Jazz, or the Mavericks? 
Rockets. Incorrect. Is it the Mavericks? The Mavericks. Wow. I was thinking they were four, but yeah. I, I see that the Rockets are four. Yeah. yeah with a record of 16 and seven. All right. Number three. Who has, who is the second worst team in the East by record? Oh, God. Okay. Is it the Cavs, the Bulls, or the Hawks? The second worst? Second worst in the East. Cavs, Bulls, or Hawks? Hawks. Incorrect. Is it the Bulls? Cavs. Are they second worst? Wow, I thought second they worst. were worst. Yeah, second worst with a record of 5-17. and 17. Wow. Okay. Number four, who leads the Eastern Conference in points per game? Okay. Offensive points per game. Is it the 76ers, the Bucks, or the Heat? The Heat. Incorrect. Dang, that sucks. It's the Bucks. Is it? Yeah, 121 a game. Oh, wow. All right, number five. Who has a better record? The Kings, the Spurs, or the Blazers? Who has a better record? The Kings, Spurs, or who? Blazers. Kings. Correct. Nine and 13. So the Spurs and the Blazers are behind them. Yep, they're number, really bad. Both of them are number really six. bad. Number six. Who leads the Western Conference in lowest opponents points per game? So basically, who's like the, the best. best defensive team? Yeah, in, pretty much. Yeah. Is it the Clippers, the T Wolves, or the Lakers? The Lakers. Correct. They are killing it defensively yeah, right now. 104.6 per game, number one in the West, number two in the NBA. Wow. Behind number, the Bucks. Uh, behind the 76ers. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like at 1.104. 104. Impressive. Okay. All right. Game uh, seven. Yes. Finally. We got one. Game seven. Who has a worse record currently? Is it the Knicks? The Warriors or the Pelicans? Warriors. Incorrect. No, the Knicks got a worse record? They're 4-19. The Warriors are 5-19. and 19. I thought they were 3-13 and 13 or something like that. No, nah, nah, it's, it's the Knicks. Good God. Yeah. Dang it. I was so excited about that. <laughs> I thought the Warriors were just trashy. We, we got a game seven. All right. All right. So as promised, as I said, and there's a reason why we're doing this, we're going to do a, a double, another $7 challenge. So, Jay, if you will. Okay. Jimmy's got questions. Which let me ask you this though, because you know how how it comes to Jay's got answers. Yeah, that was terrible. I, yeah, you did, I you did well. It's the seven dollar <laughs> challenge. Wow, Every back to back time. seven dollar challenges. All right, again, back to back. Okay, so we're gonna do early lines today, Jay, and the reason why is because uh, the Frozen Five really needed me to come through last week, and I fumbled the ball in Fumble the fourth quarter. Thing. So I need to do as much as I can to help you get us back in this game because of what I did last week. So I'm going to give you some early lines, and you have, is it one and a half, or what are we doing? It's one and a half. One and a half? Mm-hmm. I, 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 you got to come within a point and a half. I thought it was two. Nope, it's always been a point. Yours has been two. Mine is always a point and a half. Okay, uh, yours can be two, too. All right, let's go for it. All right, two. Number one, Jets at the Ravens on Thursday night football. The Jets are traveling to Baltimore, correct? Yes, correct. I'm going to give the Ravens at minus 13. Correct, minus 15. Wow, I was right there. All right. That's high. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Number two, the uh, OU Bowl, we'll call it. The Browns visit the Cardinals. The Browns are traveling to Arizona. Browns minus two and a half. Right on the dot, correct. All right, nice. Number three. Vikings at the Chargers. Vikings are going to Los Angeles. Yes, for a home game. It's going to be a, a right for another home game. So it's going to be a lot closer than it should be. But I'm going to say that the Vikings are probably going to be a one and a half point favorite. Correct. Two and a half. Okay. My God. Number four. <laughs> the Rams visit the Cowboys. So the Rams are traveling to Dallas. Vegas still doesn't think that the Rams are who they think they are. At least in the way I've seen that their, um, their lines have been. The Cowboys are favored, but it's low. Cowboys minus two. 
Correct, actually. It's a pick'em. Is it a pick'em? Well, right now it is. Oh, shut the front you know, door. That, fluctuate. Wow. That's disrespectful. Yeah. That means that they think six point five. Oh, wow. Okay. Please continue. All right, number five. Falcons at 49ers. Falcons are traveling to San Fran? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So that means the 49ers are probably uh, minus 11. Seriously? <laughs> okay, what the hell, bro? Correct. <laughs> Is it correct? That's correct. Yeah, on the dot? On the dot. Wow! Minus 11. I, I, let's keep going. Okay, number six. Bears okay. at Packers. The Bears are traveling to Green Bay. Vegas doesn't feel the weight. Feel like Green Bay is as good as they are, their records indicate, and the Bears still isn't good as their record indicate. So I'm gonna say that the Packers are probably minus eight. Jesus Christ, like way off. Minus four and a half Packers. Really? You said minus eight Packers? Yeah, I didn't think so you, that okay, they so, actually respected the Bears. So then that, that much. means that they do respect what they've. They know, do. You know, Trubisky's these last two games. Has been has been good, but he's also been playing like the likes of Dallas and Damn. who else in Detroit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, two, two two teams that suck right now. Exactly. All right. So next, all right, number seven, Texans at Titans. Texans are going to Tennessee. Uh, after that egg that they laid last week, they definitely inflated that Texans line. So I'm saying the Texans are going to be favored by two. Incorrect. Titans minus three. Titans minus three. They think that they're even. They, I guess, I guess so. All right, what's last? That's it. That, that was it. Yeah, that was all seven. Okay, so I missed the last that. two. Dang it! But I'm definitely encouraged, especially because you hit several right on the dot, which is very difficult to do. So I've got a feeling that you're going to go four and one or five and zero oh this weekend. Bring us back to respectability. That's the prayer. <laughs> right. Because I'm going to need it. Uh huh. You're going to need it. All right. So. Transitioning over into our quick hitter segment, Jimmy, um, did you watch any of the shootout between the Niners and the Saints? I did from about halftime on. Okay, okay. What was your what was your initial thoughts when you saw that score at halftime? Uh, see, what was the score at halftime? Um, that is twenty. Gonna, it was like twenty eight, twenty seven. Honestly, that it was going to come down to the last possession. I thought the Saints because that was one of my frozen five picks. I thought the Saints would find a way to to pull it out by a field goal, but that's exactly what I was thinking. They're going back and forth. Whoever has the ball last is the team that's going to win. See, I watched it from jump, and I watched as the Saints took that big lead to begin the game at 21-7. to Actually, me, you, and OSG were texting. I'm just like, yep, yep, Drew Brees is definitely paying out for daily fantasy. Mm-hmm. So if you guys checked out the, the uh, OSG report, he did have a little blurb about Sir, Sir Drew, the OG, going up against the young uh, Buckaroo and uh, Jimmy <laughs> Guap. Mm-hmm. He was getting guap. It was it was it was a show to be seen. Defensively, I was in shock that neither defense actually showed up for this game. Right. Um, this was probably the, this is the highest scoring game since what the Rams and Chiefs last year. Yes. So this was not what I was expecting, but it was a show. It was mm-hmm. nonstop action. Defense, like I said, defenses couldn't figure out what to do. Offenses no. were just eating each other alive to the. To the tune of what ninety four points, ninety six points to uh, finish, like, uh, ninety three, ninety three points. Yeah, so that that I don't know, but overall, I'm encouraged by the Saints in that game, and I'm actually a lot more encouraged by the Niners than I expected. Mm-hmm. I think you know with this game, the Niners 
proved two things to me. One, they proved that they could beat a very good team because the two best teams you played this year, kind of like the Utah college football team, you lost to. They lost to the Seahawks and they lost to the Ravens. So for their own confidence, they needed to know that they could beat one of the best teams in football, which therefore, in a sense, makes you one of the best teams in football. Yep. And now that, they, now that they've done that, they know that. And number two, you, they proved that they could win a shootout because they really hadn't had to do that this year. And in order to make a deep run in the playoffs and be a Super Bowl team, you have to have the capability of being able to win in certain ways. You have to be able to win 10-3. to 3. You have to be able to win 46-43. to 43. You have to be able to to win and establish the run 22 to 14. you got to be able to win certain types of games yeah. because you play so many different types of teams. And with this game, they proved that they could – I mean, winning a shootout against a Hall of Fame quarterback on his own home field, one of the best, loudest venues in football, is something that, you know, it has to prove to you that you can win multiple types of games and that you, you know, can make a deep playoff run. So that's what they did. They did. They did do that. All right. Mm-hmm. So Frozen 5, Jimmy, what's your recap? Thought Out 5, or if this was an R-rated show, we call this the – Five. Yeah, the thought out five. Okay, oh uh, yeah, Vegas serving up those fresh hot L's. Let's start with L number one. Uh, now, two of these L's pissed me off. The other two, I was somewhat okay with. Uh, first L, Chargers at Jags. I had the Jags plus three at home, and they got destroyed, forty-five to ten. I overestimated Gardner Minshew making a return, and I guess I underestimated the fact that Philip Rivers was going to figure it out eventually. I didn't think it was going to be against this team as a get-right spot, but it wasn't so much him. It was Austin Eckler who had 100 yards receiving and rushing. Yes, so they he had put no, a Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian. So they had no answer for him. Uh, game was over in the first quarter. Number two, uh, 49ers at the Saints. I had the Saints minus a two-and-a-half. Now, this one was very close because the Saints had a chance on a two-point conversion to go up by three, and they weren't able to convert it. Nope. And that's essentially what the 49ers need, to only need a field goal to beat them. So, again, that was a close game. Not happy that I lost it, but it was very close. It was just about what I thought it was going to be outside of the shootout. But I thought the Saints were going to win at least by three or four. That didn't happen. But that's the way it goes. Yep. Uh, the second L, this was the one that that, other one that, that really pissed me off. Third L, but the second one that really pissed me off. Yep. Seahawks at the Rams. It was a pick em. Seahawks didn't show up for that game. They picked to stay at home. Yep. That's exactly what they did. <laughs> it was a pick em. What are you picking? I'm yeah. picking to stay my butt at home. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm picking. Yeah. Yeah. Rams win 28 to 12. They control the whole game. Look good on offense and on defense. And if they if the Rams can do this a third time against the Cowboys, they truly have turned that corner yep. and become the Rams again. And that means that they're going to be a dangerous playoff team. Uh, obviously, in a wild card spot because I don't think that they're going to pass Seattle or San Francisco. Nope, San Fran's definitely got that locked up. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so there, we took that L. Uh, the next one, the Chiefs at the Patriots. I had the Patriots minus three. Chiefs went 23 to 16. The Patriots had driven the ball down. They were on like the three or four yard line, had a fourth down and wasn't able to convert it. This would have been to tie the game. And then going, you know, if you go into overtime in Foxborough, most likely something's going to happen to where they're going to beat you. And that's kind of what I was banking on, but they weren't able to convert that. So again, that L doesn't feel good, but you know, I understand we were, I was close. I was close on that. You were. And the last of my only W, I had the Titans minus two and a half at the Raiders. Uh, and that game was over at about the second quarter. The Titans end up winning 42-21 to 21 on Derrick Henry with two touchdowns. And A.J. Brown, who looked like Antonio Brown, but bigger, faster, and stronger, went off for 153 yards and two touchdowns. And this A.J. Brown kid, I think that in about two or three years, he's going to be a superstar. Just physically watching him play, it reminds me of what I used to think when I watched Terrell Owens play. Yeah, Like this guy is just, he's going to out-athleticize. Everybody. Backs, once he figures out how to actually play football at the NFL level. Okay. So, one and four, 
Jay, I uh, need you to bring us back to respectability, and I will do my best after that to not suck again. Okay, yeah, we keep the momentum going. Hopefully we can get over 50% before the season is up. we got to get a couple 5-0 yeah. weeks, God. but, yeah, we're going to do some ridiculousness stuff. So, yep. uh, lastly, we got – yeah. You know, like I said, I was when I mentioned that I was doing some research uh, for the NBA. Uh, I was looking at the the Western Conference pretty heavily, and you have the LA Lakers who are twenty one and three, number one in the West. They have a four game lead over the Clippers, who are obviously the two seed, and obviously that's going to potentially change. So you have LeBron James; he's played every game this season, to my knowledge. Anthony Davis has missed one, no more than two games. And I'm wondering, in comparison to the Clippers, with how much they have been load managing. Kawhi and Paul George do you think that the Lakers should be load managing LeBron and Anthony Davis man that's tough yeah that's tough um what was the question do I believe Anthony yeah. Davis well, should the Lakers be load managing no 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 it's tough but no let them play I feel like Since we have the opportunity to actually have these guys on the court, you need to play them to the wheels fall off. Let them, let them. I don't, I don't, I love, I understand load management. Let me, let me go ahead and pull that back. I understand why Kawhi and them are doing the load management. If you paid attention at all last season, Kawhi Leonard looked like he was hurt every single game. And when he was in the finals, he was laboring to get through every single game. You can tell that physically he could not be at his peak while still playing at his peak. It was ridiculous, and it was impressive. That's why he won finals MVP. Not really just the numbers. It was the fact that he was playing on an injured lady. You can tell. But defensively, you still couldn't stop the guy. So I get the load management with him, and I feel like load management is going to be here forever the way that – we're coaching the youth nowadays with all of this AAU basketball and nonstop action. I had a conversation about this and I have to talk about this a little bit more, probably on my solo, but the reason why low management is prominent today and, com- and it wasn't when Jordan and was playing because when Jordan and them was done playing basketball, they didn't touch a basketball. They were smoking cigars and playing golf all summer. They didn't keep playing. They played pickup games, but they weren't playing in AAU circuits for a whole week with five games a day, every day for seven days. They took breaks. Today, the players didn't do that when they were younger, so they're probably about 10 years older physically than they should be. That's where we're running into an issue. But for Anthony Davis and LeBron James, at this point, they're playing at a, at a level that it looks like they're not playing many fourth quarters. Continue to do that. Get your lead early. That way you can rest in the fourth, and that can be your low management. So I don't think it's a bad idea. Okay, cool. <clears throat> for them to play. So... All right. Well, all right. Let's get ready to wrap this bad boy up, Jimmy. I know that you were. Um... Yeah. So, yeah. Um, obviously, you appreciated how heavily I went in on the Houston Rockets. Oh, yeah. Show. I, I know you always go ham on those boys. Yeah. Some people more than others. But, yeah, how they, uh, you know, just to kind of catch you up to speed, if you don't know what I'm talking about. There was a game last Wednesday that the Rockets played against the Spurs. It was 750 left to go in the fourth quarter. They had about an 11 to 12 point lead. James Harden. 
makes a dunk, but it's called the miss because of the way it looked when it came out the net. It looked as though he missed the dunk. They protested, but to no avail, and they end up losing the game 135-133 to versus the Spurs. And thereafter, the Rockets protested that ruling, going so far as to suggest that they play the final 750 against the Spurs at a later date in order to make up for the blown call with James Harden's dunk which I thought was ridiculous. I said that's the reason why you're the Rockets, because you focus on the wrong things. It shows immaturity. You need to just accept this. Yes, it sucks. Move on from it. And they still were not able to let it go. Uh, the ruling was denied today by yep, the NBA. It so, was. So what happens will stand. But you had a, a bit of a take on that. Yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying about the Rockets being the Rockets and doing the things that Rockets do as they've done as an organization, which I think – I saw an article not too long ago that they are kind of considered the most hated organization in the NBA right now. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that people hate them like with a passion. Uh, a lot of people don't like Daryl Moyer right now either because he has this tendency of offering up trades that are preposterous. It's like he's going to send you Norman Powell for Giannis Antetokounmpo like five times in Fleece. a row in the hope is that he will be able to fleece you. Fleece Johnson? After the James Harden trade and the Russell Westbrook trades he's in and the Chris Paul trades, he thinks that he can just – offer you whatever and you're going to take it and teams are trying to <laughs> bark at it. But uh, that's another story. But no, I don't think I'm on the rocket side with this. I do feel like they should be replaying that in, that entire seven minutes of that game because this is not unheard of. It will be the third time it would happen in NBA history, but it will be the second time since 2008. A lot of people don't know this, but the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks had to replay the last 51.9 seconds of a game where actually the Heat won the game without taking a shot. <laughs> they lost it the first time. It was it was played December nineteenth of oh seven. They lost uh one seventeen to one eleven to the Hawks. Um and the reason why they lost is because the refs um uh, they called a foul on Shaq and they marked it as his sixth foul. So he fouled out the game. So he was gone for the last couple seconds of, of it. Pat Riley and them protested it and said this is ridiculous, that was not his blah 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 blah. That was not a foul. Well, when they protested it, it looked like the scores guys wrote it down wrong. He only had his fifth, not his sixth foul, oh. which changed the game. So what they decided to do was they made them play the last 51 seconds of the game the next time they met, which was in March of 08. And so when they matched up, the Heat had the lead. They didn't take a shot, and they won the game um, within that last couple seconds. So – um, I think they won like what one fourteen one eleven or something like that, uh, something like that. But in eighty three, it happened as well. But so for me, the thing is, is that the fact that the referees missed that the ball went, he dunked it that Harden dunked the ball so hard the refs missed the ball going into the goal and looping back. That's kind of a problem. That's a technical issue. That has nothing to do with the Rockets themselves as an organization. They should have paid attention to the fact that mm -hmm. the ball went in. To me, that's one of those situations where you whoop whoop. You spin your hands in the air, and you go look at the review. And if they looked at the review, they would have seen that the ball went in the goal. Okay, let's say we are going to be fair. Okay, let's say you don't play – because playing the final 750 is just totally ridiculous. But since, as ironic as it is, the Rockets lost by two, whereas if they had that two points that they deserved, let's say it would have been tied. So let's say you look at it as 135-135. Let's go into overtime, so at a later date, we'll play a five-minute overtime, which is essentially what it should have been had that counted the way it was supposed to, and the outcome of that will determine the winner. Actually incorrect. If they would have counted those two points, the Rockets would have won by two points because they went to overtime during regulation. That oh, happened did they? during regulation. Oh, okay. All yes, right. this happened right. in regulation. So okay. the Rockets would have won that game by two. 
So gotcha. to me, I think it was silly that the Rockets would say that they should be awarded the win because they had a two-point lead at the end of the game, mm-hmm. technically. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's silly for them to say, hey, we need to replay the last at least seven minutes, play the last seven minutes. To me, they can narrow it. They want to cut it down, cut it down to the last five minutes and give them just an overtime piece, have the score what it would be if you yeah. made that bucket, play five minutes, and then roll into the next but game. But you can't do that because that, give, that would technically, in effect, give them a longer season than they're supposed to have because if they play all 82 – but an extra seven fifty on top of that, that in some fashion is unfair to other teams who didn't who who didn't get the other seven fifty like well, they did. Well, no, I can I can agree with that portion of it, but they all all these other teams also didn't get technically screwed out of two points. They really did. Sure, they did. Sure, they did. It's, so at some point, it's kind of a blow call or something like that. Yeah. Right, right. But this was an, this was an egregious one. They could have easily replayed this. It's no different than the Patriots, which I feel weird saying that I felt bad for the Patriots in that last game where. Um, who was that? The rookie Harris made that dive at the end zone, and they said that he was out. Only reason why he was out is because the ref couldn't see behind, past the defender. He didn't step out. He dove for the end zone as a touchdown. If they would have actually replayed that properly, they would have seen, oh, he never touched out of bounds. It was a touchdown. So the Patriots kind of got screwed out of a touchdown too. That one is understood with the way the replay works and the way things are in the NFL. But to me in the NBA, when you see the ball go into the hoop, Mm-hmm. That is a score. Okay, that's the thing. So then if you say it's okay for them to play the 750, then the Patriots should be able to play however much time was remaining in that game when that happened because it's the exact same thing. He scored. They said he well, didn't. Well, they didn't get the points. What would have happened? Then at that point, the Saints can can also protest the last two pass interferences that shouldn't no, have no, been no, called no. on their and on, on, on their behalf. No, because it wasn't scoring, right? This is just a blown call. We're talking about I scored, you points. said I didn't. Yeah, that's not fair. Yeah, so, it's true. You know, it's true, and I feel bad for the Saints as too, as I mentioned them again, as they had a yet another pass interference not called in their favor, Probably. which is pretty disrespectful. But anyway, I get that. But I, I, I'm I'm on the side of the Rockets with this one. They should replay this. They should give them an opportunity to actually hold on to that league and try to win that game. But I mean, hell, hell, the the Hawks were fined fifty thousand dollars for grossly negligence. By the league for failing to address the mistake of the the of the 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 foul that was called. So if the league feels the need to find a team for this, I mean, you could just let them replay it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only fair in this situation. Or some or the NFL, I'm sorry, the, the NBA Players Association should find the NBA for their mistake. They could. I think that I think that? That actually that would be a good idea. Find them and yeah. pay it out to the Rockets. Or find the, find the referees association. How about that? Oh, yeah. I, I bet you they'll get it right the next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Problem solved on their end. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. So, yeah. I am – I think I might be with that one. So, All right, Jamie, what's your final thoughts? Final thoughts. Made you right. change your mind now. I did, I did, and I found something too. Um, So there is a rumor that was converted into a story, which means that there is some smoke with this, and that is that Odell Beckham Jr. has reportedly been telling opposing players and coaches he wants out of Cleveland. Now, this is funny because this doesn't specify certain teams or certain players, and it wouldn't, but this almost makes it seem as though any team they play against that he wants to out of Cleveland so bad that whoever they play against, he tells their players and their coaches, please get me out of here. Hey, hey y'all, got, y'all got the trades. Y'all got any trades back there? <laughs> These cheeseburgers. All right, so if I'm the John Dorsey, the GM of the Cleveland Browns, with the blessing of Haslam, the owner, what I do is, is I call – I will have called Odell Beckham Jr. in this morning at 9 a.m., 10 a.m., whatever, and I ask him a question. I pull up this report, and I say, is this true? Have you been telling opposing players and coaches that you want out of Cleveland? If his answer is no, 
I look at this as just rumor and I move on from it. If his answer is yes, I trade him this summer, that's the end of it. So I wouldn't trade him, but yeah, I get you. Trade him. I mean, that, that's the era we're in. If they don't want to be here, trade him. Get yeah. assets for him. Probably could. Besides, I mean, he hasn't truly made that. Jarvis Landry has made a bigger difference this year than he has, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. And, and, Chubb, I, and Chubb is the star, even though they don't, they still don't know that yet. I think that's because of Odell Beckham taking all the attention. So, no. but that's that's just my thought process. But Maybe. I like your final thoughts. So, okay. uh, my final thoughts is special shout out to the Los Angeles Lakers who are living up to the hype of LeBron Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis went for fifty points without shooting a flipping three, twenty for twenty nine from the field, and finished it up at the free throw line. He is the first Laker to go for 50 cents Kobe did actually and I think that was a few years back so um yeah that's impressive I think the Lakers are the real deal Holyfield I picked LeBron to pick M- win MVP this year mm-hmm. um he's got a casual averaging with like 29 9 and 8 or something like that which yeah, is it's pretty, pretty absurd like, more like 26 26 points 11 assists 8 rebounds oh yeah yeah, I forgot. yeah he had double digit assists so yeah he's actually playing an absurd amount of yeah 25 10 and 6 right now, which is stupid. So, shout out to the Lakers for that one. Keep doing your thing. All right. Well, you know, we appreciate y'all joining us as usual here on the Half a Bird Sports Show. You can check us out on WMQGradio.com Tuesdays and Saturdays at noon Eastern, as well as where podcasts are downloaded and listened to. For Mike, Bob, Wendy, thank you so much for doing your thing as usual and holding us down. And for my co-host, Jimmy, my solo show will be coming up this week. I'll be talking a little bit about NBA and load management, as well as um, why you shouldn't count out teams in certain circumstances. So check us out. We'll be back next week. Have a sports show. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.